You're listening to the podcast version of Spark TV, a monthly drop of interviews where we have a wine with the world's most inspirational female founders. I'm your host, Danielle Lewis, the CEO and co-founder of Scrunch, a global influencer marketing community, as well as the founder of Spark Founders Program, a global membership for female founders who are ready to grow their business. Our vision for Spark TV is to share founder stories so you might garner inspiration and pick up strategies to shortcut your own success. Before we start, I do have a special request. Press pause and go and get yourself a glass of vino. We've both got one and we want to share it with you. Got it? Amazing. Remember, you can also watch these episodes on our YouTube channel, Spark Founders Program, or you can follow our Instagram account at Spark Founders Program for daily business tips. Now sit back, enjoy the vino, and let's bring a little spark to your business. Tours, we're here. (laughs) We made it. We did. Welcome to Spark TV. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Me too. I'm excited to be here. Do you have your wine? I forgot to ask before. Oh my God, I don't have a wine. Do you have a wine? I've got water. I've got water too. Oh my God, we're really letting the team down. (laughs) Stop everything. We are bringing hydrated queen energy. That's fine. That's right. That's right. Well, and it is funny because of like daylight savings now, it's even earlier for me over in WA. So it's like mm. 10 o'clock in the morning and I've okay. been like having a wine. Sometimes I'm like, this is not a healthy podcast. <laughs> it really, really messes up my day. I'm not role modeling right now. This personal brand situation. <laughs> I know, I know. But I must admit, actually, less people at the start of the year have shown up with wine. So I feel like we're all on a little bit of a get shit done, mm-hmm. be good to ourselves, yeah. don't let Danny lead you astray kind of Make vibes. good decisions. Yeah. I hope that works Ooh, out for it? everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be over here with my wine this afternoon. <laughs> well, um, I hope you do have one this afternoon or else I would be worried about like your soul and your spirit. I appreciate that. I feel like you see me. <laughs> It is true though. We we spoke about this before we hit record. I that is my plan. I've got like my my non-negotiables that I have to do. And then it's been a it's only fucking Tuesday and it's been a crazy start. So I'm like, I need a wine and I'm gonna read some pages in my book and it's gonna be a perfect end to the day. So I'm very look very excited, very much looking forward to that. Yeah, we're earning it. Yeah, totally. We are. Okay, let, let's okay. stop talking about wine. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, you and I are going to just rabbit hole all day. Uh, let's tell the Spark community what it is you do. Yes, I'd love to. So I run the Brighton Project, which is a leadership consultancy for wildly ambitious leaders. Um, and I kind of work with two customer groups. The first one is new leaders who are really excited, but also kind of a bit nervous. Mm -hmm. And I'll get in there and help them really stabilize themselves in their first leadership role. And then the second group is more established leaders who are like, I'm doing really well, but I need some help with my team. And then Mm -hmm. I'll come in and we'll do like some really cool stuff, workshops, culture mapping, profiling, um, and get their team kind of in that high performance state. I love it. And why did you start this? Why are you so interested in supporting women in leadership? Oh my gosh. Where do I start with that? I think like the biggest thing for me is 
and you and I have similar backgrounds actually. Um, before I started this, I was 18 years in big corporate worlds. Um, I know you were kind of sales and marketing and then I was really marketing and creative and I was loving it doing mm. like massive activations, all that like really cool shit that you're just like, I can't wait to tell people about this. Yes. And, like working with teams and talent all over the world. But what I was really passionate about within that role was the opportunity to work with young talent, knowing mm. the experience that I had as a young woman, kind of clawing your way up to the top. I was like, how can I make this better, easier, more fun for yeah. others? And kind of just, just working with other leaders in the business, helping them find their best leadership style um it's so it's really interesting that you say that we had similar backgrounds because as you just explained that I was like that's exactly what I'm trying to do with sales because yeah I had 20 years in sales everyone hates sales especially women and I'm like no it's so fun all you do is talk to people all day you know (laughs) so the idea of taking a subject that perhaps is a little bit scary or uncharted territory or perhaps Mm the way the world has done it in the past is a little bit, you know, not quite aligned to, you know, our queen vibes. Uh, Taking that subject and actually translating it into a way where women in business can enjoy it, have fun, fast track success, learn lots of good things. I love that. I mean, dude, that's like exactly what I'm trying to do because I mean, I've been there. I've been that like young, mm. exciting leader, leader with colored hair thinking like, oh, I want to learn about leadership. And then you Google it and it's all like <laughs> dudes in suits with important documents or like guys yes. on a boat. And you're like, oh, okay, I guess am I not a leader? Because that's doesn't not the archetype they're aiming for. Yeah. It's I mean, so do you think that's the same with sales? Like it is, oh, yeah. is that like cowboys, rogue kind of jock industry or function totally and every sales course I've ever taken has been taught by an old white American dude (laughs) that's why why it's like okay so I'm going to present my courses over wine because this needs a total shake-up and even the terminology I don't know what it's like in leadership we should talk about that but in sales like even the words sound poo you know like you're calling your potential customers who are, you know, people that you work with so intimately and, you know, are a huge part of your business success and you want to deliver some kind of transformation impact, which is very, you know, female vibes. We often want to make sure our customers are having these amazing journeys, but then we're calling them prospects and we're mm. and lead nurturing and they're a lead and they're this and that. I'm like, yeah, well, it kind of makes sense that it's so impersonal sales, you know, it's taught so impersonally and it's taught so strategy tactics versus, you know, you can really distill sales down into having more great conversations. Mm, Like the relationships versus dehumanizing people that you want to bring into your world. mm, Totally. And I kind of assume Mm. that leadership is, a little bit similar in the sense that, you know, there's probably some very dry ways to look at it, but you can distill it down to some really important functions. I think when you're thinking about leadership and it's just can be so stuffy and traditional and almost like esoteric and inaccessible Mm. and like overly academic. Mm. And I think for the people who are out there in the trenches, leading teams, making 
you know, when you lead a team, you're responsible for their livelihoods. This is how they live. They pay their rent. Like that's Mm -hmm. a big deal. And so then to turn around and want to better yourself and it's like, you know, old white men in big traditional castles trying to tell you what to do. You're like, that's just not, that's not what I want to do. Like when I'm thinking about everything I do with Brighton Project, it has to be really practical. Mm. I want to equip leaders like, yeah, this is like the best amazing leadership theories from the most amazing leadership minds in the world. Cool, inspirational, theoretical, Mm. but also this is what it looks like in real life. And this is how I've applied it successfully. And here's the framework you can use tomorrow. Mm. So it's so real, so tangible, so accessible. Like let's just strip out all of that. Almost the stuff that feeds into your fear as well of like, oh, am I good enough? Am I a real, can I call myself a leader? Mm. That was such a massive rant. Um, No, but I love it because when I I was, as you were talking, I was reflecting on uh, my time in corporate mm. and what leaders looked like to me in that environment. And all I I could think of was like an Excel spreadsheet (laughs) of like KPIs and thinking to myself as I was filling it out before like a, a meeting I don't know, I'm just writing words in this really to try and get through this checkbox for the quarter. Um, And look, I I think that, you know, I think my experience with what a leader should look like and even um, caring about leadership only happened when I started my business because Mm. I kind of, I was forced to be a leader myself. When I was in corporate, I was always in sales and it's very much, you know, the harder you work, the better you do you know, I didn't really feel like a leader back then. Um, so I think I had a funny view of it. I wasn't trying to be a leader. So I just looked at it as a checkbox, like almost management, not leadership. Yeah. And then it wasn't until I started my own business. And then I realized very quickly that, you know, I had to decide what type of leader I wanted to be. And that it was a little bit more than like a micromanaging spreadsheet with some KPIs. <laughs> It's so true. Oh. And even just like you're right, there is that management piece, but then mm. how do you elevate yourself into a leader? It's with that like vision. Mm. That's like, where am I going? Where am I taking my people? And how is it going to be so inspiring and exciting enough that everyone wants to come along on that journey? Yeah. And it was interesting when you and I were talking about leadership and you did have like similar to me, like very practical tips. Like it wasn't mm. like, leadership leading a business raising millions in capital you can come it can come you can do it too <laughs> you know you were like here's like very specific things you can do mm. um so i th- i love that almost that image of leadership it's like vision but then supported by really practical tools it's not just like don't come up here and check a box like here's how you're going to change the world yeah and i love you use the word intentional And I just, I feel like, so the word intentional is really important for me. Um, Just like, not just in leadership, like literally in every facet of life. Like, I just feel like if you aren't really intentional about every area of your life, you just really end up waking up one day going, where the fuck did I get here? You know, I just, I, so I'm really, really passionate about people thinking about what they're doing and why they're doing it. So mm. if you're leading a, a team, I almost think you kind of got to lead yourself first, you know? You've oh actually- my gosh, 1000%. Cause if you can't lead yourself, you can't mm. lead anyone else. 
that's a bit of a riff on RuPaul's if you can't love yourself, but it's so true. Totally. If you can't get yourself there, you'll, you can't take other people. Yeah. And you know, it was interesting. I, cause I've never probably felt like I've been an amazing leader, but I did have someone say to me once, they're like, they said it to, so someone was applying for a job at Scrunch. And I think that they were asking one of the pers- people that they knew that, that worked there, like, what was I like to work for? And I remember get hearing, like hearing the feedback and it was like, you know, Danny's the type of leader that will also take out the trash that she's, that there's no one else who'll be on the tools more than her. Like, she's not just like a, go get me coffee, go do this, go do that. And then kind of sit back with their feet on the desk. Like no one works harder than her. And I thought, actually, that's like the biggest compliment. I, you know, whether my leadership style was good or bad or needed improvement, and I think we can always improve. I was like, that was actually the biggest compliment for me is like hearing that I was the type of person that made you want to work just as hard um, because I really believed in what it was we were trying to achieve. I don't know why I just told you that story. I can't remember. Intention. (laughs) Intention. No, intention. And I love that as well because, and I would love to know your vision or or your vision for Spark as well. Because when I think about like, what do you do with intention? You know, mm. that's how I ended up. Like I worked my ass off and I made a shit ton of money and I got to this like epic career. And then you turn around and you go, oh, oops. Yes. <laughs> Is this, was this my dream? Yeah. Did, <laughs> I, did I just work really hard and kind of like, happened Mm. and that's where I made that pivot and I know you did too into like oh I have the power to create whatever I want what is that dream vision like so what is the vision for spark so for spark it's really around helping women understand that sales don't, don't have to be shit yeah you know, because I believe that loving sales is actually the key to living beyond your wildest dreams. Mm. And I'm not just talking about a business sense because I I know, look, and I know that I'm one of those annoying salespeople and I've been a salesperson my whole life, but I think everything is sales. Like, you know, going on a first date, <laughs> you know, you're kind of selling yourself to the other person, trying to convince your children to eat broccoli is sales, you know, and then yes, hiring a team, like, especially when you're small and you can't offer massive salaries to people, you are con- selling to people, you are convincing people why you would be so amazing and why your vision's so amazing to work for, then into the actually selling to customers, then into the raising millions of dollars. Like, I, and you know, and in this social media world we live in, it's all sales. Mm. The challenge is people think sales is bad. They think that the word sales is icky and um, not aligned to visions. Mm-hmm. If we reframe that and learn to look at sales as the impact we can make on other people's mm. lives or the impact we can make on our own lives and the fact that all it is is having more conversations yes. and and different conversations, figuring out what gets people to buying from us or mm. doing the thing we want to do, when we can reframe that, you know, everything just falls into place and we can wake up in the morning and go, you know, live the life that we want to live and be intentional and have all of those goals written on the vision board and actually achieve them. Mm. So I just think it is such a critical part of life, not just business. 
And so my vision is to help bridge that gap so that women especially Mm. can actually wake up and love their businesses and love their lives. I was probably supposed to say that in one sentence, wasn't I? (laughs) I felt there was like background, context, story, and then bam, you hit us with the vision. It was good. (laughs) I mean, it's interesting. But it's interesting because, um, and it's worth mentioning that I didn't get there. So I started Spark. um, Oh my God. Now I feel like I'm telling the stories. I'm supposed to be interviewing you. We'll come, we'll we'll circle back. We'll We'll circle back. back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But so Spark was born um, in 2020. So um, as the pandemic was hitting, so I'd run Scrunch for like 10 years. And uh, when I first started Scrunch, tech platform, mostly guys, you know, tech networking events, disgusting so over time I built up this women in business network and the pandemic hit women really hard Mm. and it was literally just uh how can I give away everything I know for free yeah and so that's how it started and we went out and got a government grant to bring it to life Mm. but it's not it doesn't look anything like it did on day one you know so the evolution like it just started as a how do I empower women and give them access to stuff for free yeah. And then it has evolved over time and we've gotten to that vision it is now the, the program looks so different. The membership looks so different. So I, I guess I would say that you are always learning as well. Like I know we're talking about being intentional, but I think we can also give ourselves permission to change. And, you know, as I, you know, loop this back to leadership, <laughs> yes. I think you can, you know, you can work for a really shit leader, right? Mm. You don't have to adopt the things that they taught you. You can choose to um, take what was good, take what was bad and, you know, form your own vision. You can also be a leader and reflect on that and go, oh, I probably messed that up. I'm not going to do it that way next time. So I just think, you know, whether it's business, whether it's sales, whether it's leadership, whatever it is, you know, whilst we want to have intention and a path and go forward in that direction, we still want to give ourselves the permission to learn and change our minds. Mm, I agree. And I know one of the questions that we were going to talk about was like, what are those secrets to how do you get successful? And it's Mm. something I think you do really well um, is just that free value for your audience and Mm -hmm. linking to what you were just saying about impact and vision like you just can never be afraid of giving away too much because ultimately you're feeding your vision and you're helping your audience and yes it's selling but it's you're selling something that people want and need Mm. like when I think about what I'm doing with my Instagram for example or I run some free workshops like when leaders come along and they learn and if they go and apply that and take like one tiny step further in their leadership or their career, to me, that's a win and I'm happy Mm. and that's feeding my vision. Even if they don't buy from me or they might come back and join my program like months later, Mm. like that feeds into my vision, which I've just realized I didn't even say. (laughs) I should have led with that. But my vision is like more diversity in the boardrooms. I want more women, more non-binary people running big mm. businesses, having that power to um, change the world. That's what the workforce needs. That's what our our future needs. And that's what drives me every single day. So finding that like those ways to feed that vision. And like you said, reframing sales, 
Mm. Everything I do, I know. Yes, I'm selling myself. I'm selling a program, but people want this. People need it or else I wouldn't have a business. Yeah. It's so true. And I also, not that I relate everything back to sales, (laughs) but I feel like as a leader, that's, it is part of sales training is leadership. You know, Mm. it is setting the example. It's being intentional. It is helping guide people to a, a transformation and helping them be successful on their journeys. You know, that is sales in and of itself. Mm. Yeah, that's true. When I watched one of your free workshops, it was like a bunch of sales tactics. And as I was going through, I was like, well, that's marketing. Well, that's mm. marketing too. Well, that's mm. <laughs> And then at the totally. end, I was like, it's all, it's all sales. It's all marketing. It's all you positioning yourself in the best way that you can to get your message across. Totally. And that's kind of, it looks so, and that's the interesting thing. I've learned is there's no one silver bullet, you know, Mm. there's no one game changer. It is all of those tiny things, those tiny learnings, the positioning, the trying to explain what you do a little bit better the next day or having another conversation. Mm. It is all of those micro interactions and micro actions that actually makes the big difference. Absolutely. But also business and isn't that also like the tenet of building a successful business? It's that 1% better every day across all these different facets of things that you're doing. And then that is like, you can't copy that. No one can come in and steal your market position because you've just like built and built and built. Whereas if you do have one silver bullet, someone can just come in and go, oh, that's what they did. Cool. I'll copy that. Totally. Totally. And it's interesting. I I saw this great business graphic the other day and it's like even from a decision-making point of view, taking really tiny steps is so much better. You know, if you're going to take a big risk or make a big decision, sometimes you kind of get stuck. You know, you feel like, oh, my God, if I actually do this, is everything I've built so far going to, like, disappear, burn to the ground, whatever you want to say? Whereas if you kind of take the little step forward in the direction of that risk or vision or decision or product or whatever, you know, you can kind of go, oh, okay, no, that wasn't quite right. This is what I got to do. And then the next one, and then, you know, adjust, adjust, and then you kind of finally get there, but you've almost de-risked the situation as well. So I don't know. I just think there's really a lot of power in small. Yeah. And that's a good good lesson for young leaders too is it is like everything seems scary until you start and then mm-hmm. like I, I think about when you when you have to move into your first flat or you move out of home for the first time you're like this is so scary mm-hmm. and then you do it and you're like wow that really wasn't that bad like viewing something and then being in it is so different yes and do you think that that's like I don't know is that um, any part of your courses or mentoring to actually just do it to kind of forget about the decision and just start taking the action (laughs) yes definitely um I think one of the most important things is like there is so much fear around being a young specifically a young female leader and making big bold moves big bold decisions and how do you get out of that comfort zone through the fear into your growth and actually just making those decisions for your career Mm. and a lot of the advice that I 
often give is, okay, two things. Two things I would relate to that, actually. The first one is you just never care about what other people think of you. It's mm. their opinions, not your business. Yeah. And if you continue to worry about something that you can't control, like someone else's opinion of you, you're, you're just going to be crippled. You won't be able to do what you need to do. Mm. And as leaders, we have to make hard decisions. We have to let people go. We have to expand the team. We have to spend lots of money. Mm. And you can't do that if you're constantly like, oh, what's going to happen here? Yeah, um, that's hard but- though. It is. But I always say, like, don't worry about what other people think of you. The only opinion that matters is you. Yeah. Out of yourself. Do you stand by that decision? Have you done enough due diligence to confidently stand behind that decision? And Mm. then focusing on instead of caring about how the people think or do they like me? Focus on like, how can I create that environment that's going to allow people to do their best work possible? And you'll find often when you focus on that, which you can absolutely control, people are going to like you anyway. Mm. And if they don't, you either don't notice or don't care, or they just self-select themselves out of your way. And you just get to focus on your kind of your vision and what you're doing. Um, And I was going to share this other leadership lesson, actually, kind of in this same vein of decisions, which I got from one of my favorite leaders or mentors. And he said, whenever you're making decisions, always make the decision that you'd be happily, that you'd happily be fired for. Mm. And like, I love that energy. And that's kind of what I take into everything that I do, my negotiations or discussions. Like if the worst case scenario was going to happen in this situation because of my decision, can I live with that? And if I can, then I know I'm doing the right thing. Yeah. And I love that too, because I feel like a lot of the time, the worst case scenario is kind of made up in our heads. <laughs> like, you know, uh, it's, it's not a lot of times where what I've thought in my brain might happen has actually happened. You know, it's usually okay. <laughs> you're like, what's the worst case scenario possible? And you're like, okay, um, the chair leg breaks and I fall off the cliff by accident and die. And then you're like, and what's the probability of that? <laughs> and you're like, okay, cool, 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 cool. I can live with that. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's so true. It's so true. And I feel like it's really interesting because I feel like a lot of the things that you're talking about from a leadership point of view um, well, and it makes sense because I guess as business owners, we are leaders, whether we're in it on our own or managing a team or have a team. But a lot of the lessons like apply, right? So mm. did being a great leader in your corporate career, do you think that that set you up for being a business owner or was there a leap you still had to take? You know, how did you actually navigate going from working for somebody else to running your own show? Oh, wow. So I think the biggest change was when you're in a business, there are clear ceilings. There's Mm. like the highest you can go in your job. There's the maximum amount of product you can sell to hit revenue. So there's, Mm. there's limits on what you can do. And then when you move into your own business, there's limits that you place on yourself. Oh God. Uh, <laughs> right? Amen. Yeah. <laughs> like, there were so many things that I didn't even realize or know about myself until I was in this position of like, mm. I already shared this when we were chatting earlier. 
I didn't know I was going to hate putting my face on social media. I didn't know that was my own limit that I was going to put there. I didn't know that I was going to be like, oh, you can't charge that or you'll yeah. never make that. So you can't afford that supply. You can't outsource. And then all of a sudden you start asking yourself, why not? Yeah. Why can't I be the most well-known leadership expert in the world? Why can't I sell this program? Why can't I sell myself? You are the only person that can actually hold yourself back from achieving that giant big vision. Yes. That's why I love that. Yes. I saw this great. Are we allowed to say memes? <laughs> yeah, totally. We can do, we can do whatever store. we like. <laughs> Absolutely. Explaining that we're prisoners of our own limits. And I was like, mm. we are like, just take them away. Ask yourself, like, why not? Um, yeah. Identify what's holding you back and, and coach yourself through it. So I was lucky that I had all of these great skills that I use for other people that I could go, oh, <laughs> it's a great time to start coaching myself through these self-limiting beliefs. Oh, it's, and I feel like I was just chatting to somebody this morning, actually, and it's so funny because I, I say this in sales, like I can tell you how to create a sales strategy and how to create a sales process. That It's like it exists as a step-by-step guide. But if you don't have the right mindset, if you are blocking yourself, you actually don't do it. It's so weird. Like the the idea that we put limits on ourselves is just so interesting because you're right. Like, why not? Why couldn't I be the best X, Y, Z in on the planet? It's like, because I'm so freaked out that I won't actually take the first step. Because I'm yes. so like in my own way that I won't email my dream client. And then, okay, worst case scenario, like <laughs> what's the worst that can happen? They they delete your email. Okay, ouch, you'll totally. be fine. You probably don't even know they deleted. They just yeah. ghost you, right? Like, <laughs> Absolutely. It, it's so true. It's like, what is the worst case scenario? The worst case scenario is almost, we need to reframe it because I think people think that the worst case scenario is that, um, they'll be a failure, right? That they won't succeed. It was a big bust. And I'm like, I think that the worst case scenario is being in the exact same place and having never tried to Mm. grow. Like that is horrendous for me. I'd rather, because there are things that you can do to mitigate risk. You know, if I reach out to my ideal client um, and they all say no, (laughs) then I'm just in the same place, right? Like I'm still, you know, either if I've got a full-time job, I'm working full-time. So, you know, there are risk mitigation strategies. Like you don't have to quit um, before you start your business. You can go, you can go and prove the model if you really wanted to. Like Squarespace gives you a 14-day free trial. You can literally create a website landing page with whatever your idea is. Go try and sell it to somebody without having quit your job. So there are kind of things that you can do to take the risk that are not actually risky at all. Yeah. But I think we do block ourselves and go, oh my God, well, what if they all say no? It's like, well, if they all say no, then you're in just in the same place. So that's cool. Think of another idea, try something else. But what if they all said yes? (laughs) You know, then you are the biggest person in the planet that does whatever you want to (laughs) do. And even just like pushing that a bit further, if someone's like, oh, worst case scenario is I fail. It's like, so, so what? 
what what would you do like let's step that out okay so Mm -hmm. your idea hasn't worked what are you going to do well I'll pick myself back up again and I'll go get a job or I'll try a different idea and it's like and can you do those things yes you can so like nothing is that bad like failure is growth anyway it's an opportunity Mm -hmm. it's the next step towards getting closer to the next thing that's going to work or your next big lesson I mean, yeah. I've had a few businesses that didn't work and they were very expensive lessons. And you go, hmm, I, that's the price of an MBA. And yeah, I have an education. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And I love to, so going back to um, leadership skills lessons about not caring what other people think. I think mm. that that's a big roadblock for business owners as well. You know, so I think, you know, applying it to both leaders and business owners Mm. is that we do worry about what our friends will think our family will think what strangers on the internet who we've never met will think but that's actually I love this because for me in my mind I go there are so many people not trying you if you just keep trying you're guaranteed to succeed yeah so it's it's like cool to try it's so cool cool to try like yeah and even just thinking like so what okay if okay so you fail and you're like I'm really embarrassed in front of my friends and family they're going to know that I failed Mm. okay well they know that they've that you failed are they more likely to step in and try and help you or are they going to point their finger at you and go what an idiot you (laughs) fucked this up how embarrassed like I think we all know the people that we care about Mm. they're going to step in the people that we don't care about sure they might be the ones to point their finger and laugh but you don't care about them. So it doesn't really matter. But through like that fear of failure is so real for business owners and and leaders Mm. too. Mm. We've just got to get over ourselves. It's easier said than done. How do you do it? How do you do it? On days where you don't want to show up on social media or you don't want to have a card conversation or you are feeling like, oh my God, what do you do? This is so cheesy. But I just have to go back to the vision. Yes. That's that's the fuel that's powering everything else. If I don't want to do it, then what if there was like a leader who needed to hear from me that day Mm. and I I didn't show up? And I've had so many examples where I'll talk about something and someone will DM me off the story and just go, oh, my God, I really needed to hear that. You don't understand. And then I'm like, that's okay. Go brush your hair. (laughs) Yeah. Get, get your little face out there like it's it's just remembering why you're doing it just coming back to your purpose which is I think why it's so important to be intentional about your purpose yeah and make sure that it does get you up in the morning yes like one of the first things that within this leadership accelerator I get my leaders to do is we do a vision building exercise. It is literally like, why are you getting up in the morning? What mm. What is setting your soul on fire? Why do you care so much? Mm. And the amount of leaders that it just stops in their tracks and they're like, uh, why have I never thought about this? Why has no yeah. one asked me these questions before? And you're mm. like, yeah, well, it's time now. And I, you can tell straight away the ones that will be writing their vision and you can look at that and go, they are going to change their jobs within the next few months straight away because they've already just unearthed something about themselves that they didn't even really know was there. Mm. Well, and it's really interesting, the power of questions 
you know, it always floor. That's probably something that I've learned, like that I think is the most helpful thing I have in my toolkit for life is, uh, is asking myself really important questions Mm. because I feel like it's so easy to get stuck in your to-do list, whether you're, you know, if you, I remember being in a corporate job and it's like, you could work 24 hours a day. Nothing was ever done. And that's exactly how it is in business too. Like the to-do list is so long. If I just didn't sleep for the rest of the year, I still wouldn't have everything done that I need to do (laughs) or want to do. Um, but so one of the most powerful things for me is the ability to actually stop and ask myself really powerful questions like the why, why, why do you care? Why is that goal on your vision board? Like what, why do you actually want to do that? How is it going to make you feel? Is that the legacy you want to leave? Like there's so many Mm. different questions you can ask yourself. And I think that we get so stuck in if in guilt, like if we're not just running, running, running all the time, then we're not being productive. We're not working. But the actual power of reflection and really shining a light on what it is we're doing has mm. such a power to course correct and oh, yeah. make sure that we're not wasting time doing things that aren't actually going to give us that joy to wake up in the morning and tackle the next big adventure. Feed the mission, stay on track. Even mm. just questions for other people too, isn't it? Like yes. building a real relationship where you ask someone, what would you be happy to be fired for? And then yeah. you learn something insane about them that you probably would never have known. It's like, it's just putting more intention, more reality mm. and tangibility and purpose behind everything that you're doing, owning yeah. a business, building relationships, being a leader. Mm. I love that it's fluid, right, as well. Just thinking about, you know, we've probably blurred lines of leadership, sales, running a business, life <laughs> mission. And, you know, I think long gone are the days of the work-life balance. You know, I feel like, and I don't know what your position on this is as a leader, but I feel like you have to, everything has to complement, in my opinion. I feel Mm -hmm. like I need to be happy in all of those areas and have them really intentionally created because I know the lines will blur. There Mm -hmm. will be days where I'm working on the couch you know, and Mm. not being as an attentive partner as I should be. (laughs) Um, But if, you know, but also then communicating what I'm doing and why it's important and what the mission Mm. is. And, you know, my partner is very on board with the empire that we're building. So all good. Mm. Um, But I don't know. I feel like all of this is leading to me to the fact that you do need to be very intentional and ask yourself those questions about all areas of your life because they are all going to blend. Mm. My position on this is like it's player's choice, especially for someone who runs their own business. I Mm. think you would probably be so much more comfortable with a very fluid and I always say life work balance than maybe the people that you employ. And that's something that you have to respect. It's Mm. interesting because I have just done a series of content on work is not your family and love that yes right and then like talking to people about like instead of tricking people into work we're just like a family like Mm -hmm. actually ask them what kind of boundaries do they want people often don't want to share a lot about themselves at work they don't Mm -hmm. want to feel like they've got to tell you everything about how their sickness evolved over the weekend or their surgery that they've just had or what they did like I think as leaders it's like 
what boundaries do you want? And I'm going mm-hmm. to advocate for them. I'm going to champion them and respect them mm-hmm. so that if they really want to, and most people need this, they can just leave work and go have a beautiful personal life away from you, away from the stress of your business, your job, like, and just let them do that. But as business owners, we're a little bit more lenient with stuff like that. We're like, I will just work on the week and I will do this. But that's a decision we're making because we're Mm. lit up by our passion. And as long as we're not forcing that on other people, I think is probably the, the line. Totally. I think you really have to learn that lesson. I learned that lesson the hard way. Oh, no. I assumed everyone would work as hard as me. <laughs> and then I realized that you're right. I was the one that made that choice. And, but also I love it. Like, don't get me wrong. I, um, you know, I find joy in having a stupid idea on a Saturday and then just jumping onto my laptop and building out a landing page. And doing, like that actually, I love that. Like that's time very well spent to me. <laughs> But I realize that that's not everyone's cup of tea, you know? Other people want to be at brunch. Yeah. <laughs> no judgment. <laughs> Zero judgment. Do exactly. you bottomless brunch, gal? Yeah, exactly. And but you're you're spot on. You're right. You have to let people make their own decisions. And respect them too. Yeah. And why I love- did you react like that when I said work is not your family? Oh, because that's I um, reflecting on the various iterations of Scrunch. I remember um, uh, the co-founder of Scrunch in the early days very much had that family vibes and would talk about that and call. And I just, I don't know, it just felt weird, you know, and it felt weird for me as a leader trying to be friends with everybody and Mm. then trying to tell them that they weren't doing their jobs properly. Mm. That was really difficult for me. Like, and look, don't get me wrong. I will have a wine. Like I, I'm actually an advocate of having a wine during an interview because I'm like, you know, we are going to spend a lot of time together. Do we want to hang out? Like what's the vibe, but also you need to be an employee. So I just felt as it pushed towards family vibes, it mm. got too hard to manage people, mm. you know, and actually make sure that they were doing what they were supposed to be doing. And as a result, because I didn't want to manage them hard enough, I ended up doing things like that they should have been doing because mm. I'm also a little bit of a softie. So I just mm. went, oh, we've got to really make this a workplace. Yeah. Let's but build let a me work tell you- culture, not a family culture. That's totally. And going back to our questions, right? Like mm. if we're a family, are you the parents and your employees are the children? Mm. Um, do you all get drunk and fight on the holidays? Like it's so problematic. It's so problematic. And you're right. It, it means that you don't have the right boundaries in place to then get go, hey, look, we're friendly at mm. work. We have a good time, but I need to pull you up a little bit on this performance. I've got some feedback for you. And I don't want you to cry because we're not family. Totally. And it's really hard to um, change that. Let me tell you. So when Mm -hmm. you fostered a culture of family, family, fun, 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 everything's a big laugh because we're a tech startup, to actually then grow to the next level is so hard when you Mm. start going, you know, we had, you know, remember how we were all fun and there were no processes and procedures and we all just did whatever. And now we're like fucking serious and we have uh, shareholders to report to and we need to scale and we need to grow and we need to do this. And like putting those in place, we lost staff because Mm -hmm. we stopped being fun, you know, and it was just really, it was 
it was not being intentional. We kind of just landed into this idea and this business and were treating it like, um, you know, a startup and a family mm-hmm. and a bunch of friends getting together and doing their thing, which was fun for a minute, but not sustainable and not intentional. And I would never do it that way again. Ever. Mm. It's so, very I, so I love it though, but I love it because Instagram life, is all you know you see people like sharing stories of you know drinks in the office and having a good time and oh my god I love the person next to me you know whoever Cindy Stacy Bob whoever is next to me like you know and then they form their relationships I think it's really difficult to see all of that and then go oh my god I've got to create a fun office you know and I've Mm. got to have um knock off drinks on a Friday or I've got to have morning teas I've got to remember everyone's birthdays I've got to be this fun boss yeah um I think it's really hard not to look at what's going on on social media and in the media and not feel like you're missing a step if you're not creating a playground for adults yeah really most people they want to work they want to do their best work and yes have a little bit of fun but so much more enjoyment and achievement and accomplishment comes from doing good shit yeah if you ask someone would you rather go and like play ping pong all day or would you rather play a little bit of ping pong have some great snacks but then deliver a project that you were fucking proud of like yeah people would choose the project totally totally Oh my God. I feel like we could talk all day. I know. Okay. All right. Bring it home. (laughs) Let's bring it home. All right. So let's reflect. Um, I'm just reflecting on the people who are dialing in to Spark TV. They are amazing women in business. Um, And they, uh, a lot of them are actually at the stage where they're starting to manage freelancers or bring on their first team members. What would you, what kind of piece of advice would you give new leaders? So people who are running their business and they're now in this leadership position, how, what are some first steps that one might take to be intentional about how things might look in our businesses? At the risk of repeating ourselves a thousand times. Love it. Have a vision. Make sure you know exactly why you're here and what you're doing, why you care, why you need people. Um And then also in the sense of that culture piece, when you're hiring, bringing on people, make sure that you like them. You know, so many people go, oh, they've got, it's the right CV on paper. Like go for the person that you can work with, that you can Mm. argue with, that you can give tough feedback to Mm. Um, because hard skills you can teach, but relationships, behavioral um, skills, that's so much harder to Mm. reverse engineer for someone. Um, and make decisions that you're proud of, that you'll be okay with your worst case scenario. I love it. I so mean, we also finish with the don't care what anyone thinks of you. Yes, hell yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is just the cherry on top. Yeah, just sprinkle that little. <laughs> oh, so good. Thank you so much for your time and the conversation yeah. and the epic nuggets of wisdom. I know everyone listening in would have gotten a lot of value out of that. So thank you for your time. Thanks, Danny. Right back at you. 
That wraps this episode of Spark TV. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. That helps other amazing female founders like you find us and grow too. You can also follow along on Instagram at Spark Founders Program for daily business inspiration and DM us with a guest you'd like to hear from next. Or even join our community at sparkfoundersprogram.com. Thank you for being here. And if no one tells you today, you got this.